When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I remember walking into the local area rape crisis center and seeing that the waiting room was filled. And I realized at that moment that my story was not mine alone. And so I just started to start Rise. I spoke up, I shamelessly emailed everyone that I knew and asked people to help me pen the Sexual Assault Survivor Bill of Rights. And we did, and we passed it. That was Amanda Wynn. And in 2016, she accomplished something almost unheard of. This young activist persuaded Congress to pass legislation to ensure the rights of sexual assault survivors. What made the bill a rarity is that it passed unanimously. I'm Milan Brevere, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Amanda Wynn has plans to become an astronaut. She loves fashion, but it's her activism that has won her international acclaim, including a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. Her crusade for legislation began after she was raped while an undergrad at Harvard. She also created a nonprofit called Rise that helps other people get laws passed on topics they care about. Most recently, Amanda has been a driving force in the movement to stem violence against Asian Americans. Listen and learn why Amanda Wynn is one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. I'm thrilled to be here today. Uh, with Amanda Wynn, social entrepreneur, civil rights activist, and founder of the organization RISE. Amanda, it's really wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. 
You've been given credit for helping launch the current movement to stop this terrible violence against Asian Americans. And as I understand, it all began with a video you posted back in early February before anyone was really talking about this problem. Can you tell us about the video and what it consists of and why millions and millions of people viewed it? Why do you think that was the case? Well, honestly, I was just so hurt. I was hurt because for months I had read on blog sites from anecdotes that my community was being attacked. In March of 2020, there was a two-year-old and a six-year-old that were stabbed in a grocery store. And the perpetrator in Texas, the perpetrator on the record said that he thought they were Chinese. They weren't. They were Burmese. And he said that he thought that they were spreading COVID. There was a woman who was lit on fire, burned alive. There was another man who had his face slashed open. And of course, there was Vich's murder. And I just had had enough. When I read these stories and then subsequently tried to find more information on it, I couldn't, especially in the mainstream media. So I decided, okay, if no one's talking about it, I will. And I'm going to ask people very simply to call on the mainstream media to cover our stories. And within 24 hours, millions of people responded. The next business day, the White House press corps asked if the president had seen it. And um, yeah, 11.4 million people responded, at least. Amanda, that's just remarkable. I mean, and to think of so much hatred, we all need to act on it. And I'm glad you did what you did. Did you feel the video accomplished what you wanted? Clearly, there's still a long road to go to deal with this horrific challenge. But what was the cumulative effect? The video absolutely accomplished what I had set out to do. Quite honestly, I thought I would lose followers. You know, that had been the case every other time that I had posted about race. And so as I was recording it, and I remember as I was posting it, I thought to myself, you know what? Who cares? Because it really needs to be said. And I hope that this can educate at least some people. So it really went beyond my expectations. And while it is merely a first step, I think that there has been progress that has been made. And that campaign is hardly your first venture into uh, activism, I dare say. It goes back to 2013. I think that was your senior year at Harvard. And you underwent a horrible experience, a personal experience when you were raped. What happened when you tried to get justice after that attack? I remember walking out of the hospital after my rape kit procedure, which was six hours long. Most people don't know that it's three to seven hours long. And just thinking, well, where do I go from here? And I'd never more fully understood the definition of lonely until that very moment. So I turned to Google. I literally searched what my rights were. And I found that there were these enormous disparities, not only within the state of Massachusetts, but also across America that, for instance, in Massachusetts, in my case, rape kits were destroyed untested at six months, even if the statute of limitations is 15 years. There were double standards. For instance, convicted rapists have the right to hold on to the rape kit, but survivors didn't, or that other types of violent 
crimes, uh, let's say murder, for instance, never has their evidence thrown out or destroyed. That's how cold cases are solved. Um, I also found that in some states, survivors are denied access to their own patient medical records um, from the rape kit. That's not the actual kit itself. That's like, do I have HIV AIDS now because my attacker gave it to me? Um, in some states, survivors uh, don't have access to uh, know what rights they have. Very basic, um, very timely. Um, and so I thought this was wrong. And I remember walking into the local area rape crisis center and seeing that the waiting room was filled. And I thought to myself, if I have a Harvard law professor, Diane Rosenfeld, who is helping me and we're still struggling this hard, then what is everybody else going through? And I realized at that moment that my story was not mine alone. And so I decided to start Rise. I spoke up. I shamelessly emailed everyone that I knew and asked people to help me pen the Sexual Assault Survivor Bill of Rights. And we did. And we passed it. And you're right. Uh, too many people suffer from this horrific experience. But you managed to take something terrible and get this law in the books, which is a benefit to everybody who could potentially be abused the way you were, attacked the way you were. And that was the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights. Tell us what it does. Absolutely. The federal law, which President Obama signed October 2016, grants civil rights to 25 million rape survivors across the United States. What it does is puts together a set of first step, basic, non-controversial rights, like the right to be notified of your rights. That means what hospital has a rape kit procedure, because not all hospitals have them. Um, where can I get attention? Where can I get legal resources? That's within the notification of rights. Another right is a, the right to not have your rape kit be destroyed before the statute of limitations. Um, that one was uh, an exact pertainment to what I went through, and I'm very glad that it got passed. Um, another right is the right to have access to mm -hmm. your patient medical records. Very basic rights. And, you know, most people, when they hear about this, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that it wasn't a thing. And, you know, for me, the law has a gender, and that gender is not female. It's not that there were malicious people sitting there writing, you know, regulations that disadvantage rape survivors. It was that it's really difficult to legislate if you haven't experienced it. And that's why the criminal justice system ended up with these bizarre and very hurtful roadblocks to justice. And it's why so many gaps exist where we think that legislation that's been adopted uh, does the job uh, only to find out. There's so much it didn't cover appropriately. Exactly. So your bill was the only substantive bill in modern United States history to be passed unanimously. What did it take to make that happen? You, you noted that you had started your organization, RISE. Did that enable you to build allies and the kind of support uh, to make something like this happen? Because it's an incredibly difficult assignment to get a bill adopted uh, and to do it in the kind of time frame that you did uh, in the way that you did it. 
Yeah, I think the statistic for it is 0.016% of bills have passed like that in modern U.S. history. And uh, we passed it in seven months. I remember um, one of the uh, Democrat lead sponsors, uh, Representative Zoe Lofgren, telling me, I've never in my time in Congress seen anything go by so quickly. Quite honestly, the way that we were able to do that was by taking the politics out of it and focusing it on people. We brought in rape survivors who were constituents and spoke not from a place of I'm, you know, with this agenda, I'm from this party, but rather spoke as a citizen. And I think that was truly that empathy building was truly one of the cornerstones of why we were able to get a unanimous on the record vote in both chambers of Congress. It's really utterly remarkable as someone who has worked uh, to influence the legislative process for a long time. Uh, it's just extraordinary. Uh, you did an exceptional job, Amanda, you and your your colleagues with RISE. But tell us a little bit more about RISE, because I, I know that the organization helps people pass laws, just as you did in the on this occasion. Uh, what are the some of the other laws that RISE members are working on? You know, honestly, our story as an organization, yes, it started in 2014 with the Sexual Assault Survivor Bill of Rights, but it, it really blossomed when we passed our first law. Because when President Obama signed it, we heard from over a million people who reached out to us from around the world, uh, and many from the United States who said, hey, you are 20-something-year-olds, you are a woman, you are a person of color. How did you, how did you do this? And it was because many of them had a preconceived notion of what power, what agency to our democracy looks like. Now, of course, <laughs> that's, uh, that's because there is an industry lobbying, paid lobbying, right, that given democracy to the highest bidder. And when you do that, is it democracy after all? So, you know, so often the communities that are impacted by the laws that are being drafted aren't actually at the drafting table. However, the people who have the solutions to the world's most pressing problems are the people who live that problem every day. So at RISE, what we do, just like you said, is we help people pen their own civil rights into existence. And we're so proud to have worked with the community members uh, and survivors of the Parkland shooting. Uh, and they successfully passed um, an extreme risk protection order. Very proud of them. We've also worked with the Tennessee Alliance for Black Lawyers on Voting Rights. Um, most recently, we worked with one of our students, this is Paris Hilton, uh, Breaking Code Silence. Um, they just passed their first law in Utah about uh, youth rights, children's rights. Um, and then finally, Every Voice Coalition, um, a group of uh, recent graduates from college and college students who are working on data collection for campus sexual assault. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So just listening to you is uh, rather extraordinary because you've done so much in so little time, it seems. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Amanda. Where does your determination come from? Uh, What was your growing up like? Was there something in your background that made you the woman you are today? (laughs) Well, if anyone knows me, they know that I'm a super nerd. And that's because I love astrophysics. Um, I want to be an astronaut, and I, I still do. I, I definitely plan to go uh, to Mars or off this planet. Um, you know, I, I really credit my heritage. My parents were refugees from Vietnam. My my mother was a boat refugee, and she went into death to seek life. That's what she says. Um, she really did the in an enormous amount of sacrifice in order to make it to America, to be able to live out the promise of this country, the creed of this country. And so when people say, oh, how did you have the XYZ courage, bravery, wherewithal to take on Congress? It was quite simple to me. If my mother had traveled through death, <laughs> through tidal wave storms, battled pirates to seek freedom, then it was incumbent upon me to exercise those rights. Well, she too must be simply extraordinary as well. You know, you mentioned your desire to become an astronaut. Are you in training now for that? Or how does this fit in? What's your regimen like? How do you get there? What's your plan? I'm very grateful to my NASA colleagues, my astronaut mentors for being so supportive of my activism. I remember when I first went to Leland Melvin. He's my astronaut mentor and friend. And I told him about how I wanted to pursue my own civil rights. And he said, space is going to be there. It's going to be there long after you're gone. So uh, go go fight for your right. Um, his NASA mentor is Katherine Johnson, uh, the subject of Hidden Figures. And so, you know, I, I'm so grateful to him, to other people within the space community who have continued to support me um, as I've taken a pause on my astronaut training career. Well, that was good advice from him. What a wise man to uh, 
say that to you and know that uh, you can continue to do the good work we've been discussing as well. Now, I know that you have racked up a lot of honors, Amanda, Vital Voices, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, Forbes 30 Under 30. Does this burden you in some ways to know that so many of us are applauding you and honoring you for what you've done? Does it make you feel you have to do that much more? How does that feel? That's a great question. Uh, To be honest, yes. I don't think anyone has asked me that question. So thank you so much. Um, No, I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful for the recognition. But I also want people to know that I'm human. (laughs) And that um, I just want to be free. Free from fear of walking on the street at night. Free from sexual violence. Free from racism. I'm free to be me. I, I think that especially for folks who live in and work uh, in sexual trauma, there's this tendency to put survivors slash victims on a glass pedestal in a glass box, asking them to relive their trauma over and over again, a, a kind of voyeurism. And we're not usually allowed to thrive beyond it. And so I am so grateful that the fo- places and the folks who have recognized me have uh, recognized my work, but also have recognized that there are parts of me that are outside of work, like my love of space, my love of fashion. Um, we are multitudes, and that's something that's really important to me. You know, and I think uh, that's also food for thought, the freedom to be free. Uh, It's not something that I think we often think about, particularly in the circumstances that you describe. So you're still very young. You mentioned outer space and your great desire to pursue that career. What else is in store for Amanda at this point? As though that weren't enough. (laughs) Well, there are a couple things. One is the United Nations General Assembly Resolution for Four years, we have been fighting. Ever since those million people reached out, part of that were survivors from around the world who said, we've seen this happen in the United States. We want it to happen in our own country too. Or we are and have been fighting for this and we want to join forces. So RISE has been coalition building. And we have, for the past four years, been fighting for this General Assembly resolution because there are 1.3 billion rape survivors in the world. That's a World Health Organization statistic, and that only accounts for women. So men, boys, non-binary individuals are not even recorded within that statistic. And yet it's enormous. Um, The United Nations General Assembly has never passed a resolution solely on rape. Rape has only been a subcategory of something else, for instance, weapons of war or violence against women. But of course, rape and most rape happens outside of war. uh, And um, men and boys are also subject to this violence as well. So that's our fight. And, you know, it's quite interesting because there are so many other people involved. And yet the American media market uh, has a hard time caring. and it's it's been fascinating, you know, as somebody who grew up in a refugee household, you know, my horizons of what it means to Amer- to be an American was rooted in our context of the world. That's 
you know, that's where my parents came from, from Vietnam. Um, and so it's been very fascinating to organize on the international level. But I am very confident. I'm very confident that we will get this passed because it has to. It has to be passed. And it's such a pervasive problem. Uh, it's something I know a great deal about in working on in the international arena. And you're right. It has to end once and for all. And so many are suffering from it the world over. Uh, so I hope that Rise and all of the others who join with you succeed in that goal. Let me just ask you at the end here, you know, this has been such a challenging time for our country and for the world. Uh, we started this conversation understanding how you came forward to deal with the terrible violence against Asian Americans. But let me ask you, what gives you hope? Honestly, it's seeing how people care. Again, I turned on that camera and I spoke my truth because it needed to be said. But I thought that people wouldn't respond. And people did. Millions of people did. So if anything, it is still so possible. It is so possible to speak truth to power, to speak grief and pain into the consciousness of the world. And even though it is relentless and difficult, I believe deeply in our legislative process because I see it every day in the organizers I work with that change is possible. That gives me hope. And what a note for us to end this conversation on. I can't thank you enough, Amanda, for your caring, for your leadership, for your belief in our democratic process and what it can do and what it must do. I wish you just the very best as you go forward in all of your, your ventures and in all of your do-gooding because it matters so much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Amanda is amazing. And in every endeavor she takes on, she is making positive change. Here are three things I took away from that conversation. First, speaking out about injustice takes courage. But turning those words into effective action and legislation takes savvy. In this time of partisan polarization, Amanda Wynn was able to get her assault survivors bill passed unanimously because she took politics out of the equation and focused in on people. Second, Amanda reminds us that too often the communities most affected by laws are usually not involved in drafting them. And that's a shame. As she says, the people who have the solutions to the world's most pressing problems are the people who deal with those problems every day. Finally, Amanda invites us to consider just how precious our rights as Americans are and why they are worth fighting for. Her mother was a refugee from Vietnam who made her escape by boat. Says Amanda, if my mother traveled through death through tidal waves, storms, and pirates to seek freedom, then it was incumbent upon me to exercise those rights. Tune in next Thursday to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. 
Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.